long way, right? And so uh, I'll even take that this morning. Let's turn in our Bibles to Acts 18, and uh, we'll get started. Uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, that's where we'll be is Acts 18. Also, I encourage you each and every week, if you can, uh, to have the bulletin on the back of the bulletin. We, we, unless you have a, your own journal or something to write with, we just provide a little bit just so you can jot down some notes. It has a title of our message. We were in the book of Acts before we left to go to Northside for those couple months. And the book of Acts, the whole reason, the whole purpose for going in the book of Acts was for us to figure out how to do church. We don't want to do church just because this is the way we kind of grew up being in church. Okay, and the way that it was just told to do a couple songs here and stop and do the offering and stop and do another song and then and then have a time of, of message and everybody just kind of looking at their clocks and and getting ready to go and uh, watching the saints at 12 o'clock. I mean, that, you know, that's kind of how we got in the routine. We come back on Sunday nights. We come back on Wednesday nights. And none of those things are necessarily wrong in itself, but it's for us to figure out what is God wanting to do in our life. What is God wanting to do in our church's life? And we wanted to know what God said to the New Testament church when he established it. What did those guys do when it was about really boiled down to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and getting the gospel out to the world and making disciples? And so we wanted to see how that was and how that came about uh, in the New Testament church. And so that's why we dug into the book of Acts. We took a long pause for a couple months as we, uh, like I said, we're at Northside. And also we got into those seven feasts. And so now at the conclusion of those seven feasts, we come back to the book of Acts. And we're only going to be in the book of Acts finishing it out over the next four weeks. Today we will look at chapter 18 when it's dealing with a specific church, the, the church of Corinth. The church of Corinth, you may, that may be something that you have heard before uh, because just a couple of books past the book of Acts is the birth of books of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. That's where those books come from. But this is when Paul first goes into those places and he establishes these churches. The next week we'll look at when Brother, uh, uh, when Brother Jake is back next week, uh, we'll be looking at the book of Ephesians. Uh, we'll look at the, uh, as Paul goes into this place called Ephesus. And that's where we get the book of Ephesians, and he goes there and establishes that church. And so we'll look at chapters 19 and 20. The next two weeks we'll look at as Paul is going to Jerusalem, and then finally he goes, to, uh, goes into Rome. And so as we look at these next four weeks, we'll be finishing out, finishing out the book of Acts. And so I want you to just really continue to just have your, have your uh, mind at a place and your heart at a place that you're seeing what was God trying to do and accomplish through his New Testament church, okay? And that's who we want to be. We want to be a God, uh, not only fearing church, but really a God uh, uh, that we're a church that is led by God. And so that's why we have looked so closely at this book of Acts, and that's why we look in the scripture. But the title of our message this morning is Don't Give Up. Don't Give Up. Now, I say that for us as a church. I say that for us as families. I say that for us as individuals, okay? And so as we're going to read through that, we'll, we'll, we'll get down uh, to about uh, midway through this chapter this morning. But we're going to start out in verse 1. And, and Paul, and when he's writing the, the, the book, is actually written, written by Luke, the same one that wrote the, the Gospel of Luke. And uh, he's a physician, they tell us, call him Dr. Luke. And so when Luke is writing this book, he is telling us very clearly what is happening in the life of Paul. And when you see what's wrapped around Paul, you're going to see why 
we shouldn't give up. These promises that were given to Paul are really promises that we have today as well, okay? So as we look at verse 1, everybody just kind of giving me that amen look. We're with me this morning, all right? In verse 1, it says, after these things that Paul had departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And so if, if you have some uh, maps at the back of your Bible, you may see Paul's first missionary journey. He comes all the way around. He's establishing churches. He's winning people to the Lord. He's taking a second missionary journey, and this is what we're finishing up here. He's, he left one place in chapter 17, Thessalonica, and Athens, and then now he gets into this place in Corinth, this city. And it says after, in verse 2, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, uh, born in Pontus, who was recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius uh, had commanded all of the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. And so Paul comes to this place of Corinth, and he is met by two people named uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And, and when verse, verse 3 it says, So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And so uh, Paul goes to this place, he meets these two there, and they have a relationship. They're there as friends in the Lord. It doesn't tell us in Scripture if they were already believers or when they come to this place that Paul witnessed to them, Paul talked to them about Christ, and they became believers. But they were fellow believers. They were other people besides the Apostle Paul that loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as Paul is there, he is walking into this new city. He knows he could not be dependent upon the church for his financial needs. And so he is doing what his profession was as a, uh, as a good uh, Jewish growing up uh, uh, boy that, that Paul was, he learned a trade. And his trade growing up that he learned was to be a tent maker. And so it just so happened that these two other people were tent makers, this husband and this wife, they were tent makers. And so as they are there with Paul, they're able to encourage each other and minister to each other in the Lord. And so why I love this passage of Scripture so much, even just these first couple of verses, is that, and we're having in our mind just the title of our message about don't give up. Here is the Apostle Paul. Every time he'd go into a city, he would go in, he would go into the, the temple first. He would open up the, the Bible to the religious leaders, and he would speak clearly to them about who Christ was. And then many times they would get mad at him, because they were in their religious ways. They had not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul's talking about Christ. They would many times kind of push Paul aside or even persecute him to leave the church. And so Paul would find himself going outside of the church. And, and his real mission wasn't to the religious crowd anyway. His real, his real place of service was to the Gentiles, the people who were not part of this elect group in the first place. And so Paul goes out there to those people People who he used to in that religion, in that setting, used to hate, used to reject. And now that's who God had called him to. And so he goes to those people. He starts ministering to them when he'd go into these cities. And, but many times the persecution would follow Paul. And where, as we saw those missionary journeys, uh, the first journey and then now the second journey as he's going to all these different places, many times they would want to kick him out of those cities. Paul would go, he was doing the work of the Lord, and a lot of times persecution would come his way. I want to make sure we understand that. 
And so there was a lot of times, too, when Paul was getting kicked out of these cities, it wasn't just stay out of our city. There was a lot of times where they would take him out of, the, of those cities and they would stone him, they would persecute him, they would leave him for dead outside of those cities because they didn't like his message. They didn't like what he was saying to them about who Jesus Christ was. And so Paul reached another city after he just left persecution from this uh, last place that he was at. And so Paul goes into this place and so it's nice to have a little bit of encouragement Right. Like you're doing to me right now as I'm as I'm preaching this message. It's nice to have a little bit of encouragement when you walk into this new city, when you walk into this new scene, knowing you know what? It's probably going to go just like the previous city. It's probably going to go about just like the other cities had had gone before. And so for us, how does this pertain to us when we look at Paul's surroundings and his friends and his profession? It sure is nice to walk into a place of work. Another day, another Monday, another Tuesday, another Wednesday, another Thursday, another Friday, maybe a weekend, maybe some those long days, those long nights. And I pray that you have people around you there to encourage you. You know, many people don't this morning. Many people don't have that. And you may be one of those that you go, you step into that job, you step into that place of work and there's nothing but negativity around you. There's nothing but hardship around you. But it's nice to know that you have some people, it's good when you do have some people around you there to encourage you and lift you up in the Lord, to know that you're not alone. And the Lord is, and if, and if you don't have that, I encourage you to begin praying and asking the Lord to bring these things to you, bring these people to you in your life. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, or maybe you just have a situation where you're working alone and you're... And you don't maybe have those surroundings, but God can maybe bring you those uh, people and those things in your life when you ask him and you call upon him for those things. Let's look at verse four. And it says, and, and, and he reasoned, Paul did. Uh, yes, he was a tent maker. Uh, he, that's how he made money in his profession. In verse four, he, when he walked in this new city, he reasoned in the synagogue, as I referred to earlier, every Sabbath day. He would come in on the Sabbath. He would reason in there and teach the people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And and it says in verse four, continuing, it says, and he persuaded both Jews and Greeks that were there in the synagogue. Verse five, it says, and when Silas and Timothy, now these are two guys that Paul had ministered with before, that Paul had really walked alongside. I'm saying that this morning to guys like Jake and Jacob, how they are, we're walking together in ministry in the Lord. And so uh, Silas and Timothy had done that with Paul in the past. And now they come and they meet Paul uh, there and they had come from Macedonia. Uh, many times it's, t I mean, when you look through scripture and you're putting pieces together, this is probably a time when, when these two guys came with a financial gift from the, uh, for the Apostle Paul, uh, from some of the other churches that Paul had already ministered uh, in. So not only Paul was greeted with his friends in the ministry, uh, but he was also greeted financially uh, from them in verse 5 and says, Paul was compelled by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of Paul was compelling him uh, and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. And so, yes, we can get encouragement. We can get lifted up from all of these things, our surroundings of our friends, um, not only just friends uh, like these people that are uh, tent makers, these people that are part of your profession, but also you can get encouragement from hopefully godly people around you. 
This is where I believe we fail many times as a New Testament church and as a just church in general is that we think uh, uh, the person that maybe we're sitting next, next to in church or just next, you know, just uh, that we run in the same circle as far as church, that they are okay, that they are all right. You know, many times me and Lisa, as we're dealing with five kids and we're just running around with football and, and, uh, and volleyball and all these different things, and we have 50 other things that we're trying to accomplish in our life. And we may look at our neighbor and say, you know what, they have supper on the table and they're getting this done, and they're getting this done. And how are we not able to keep up and get those things done when knowing, knowing good and well, we understand if we just have the right mind in the Lord to know not everybody is getting it all done. Just because this is done, there's probably a back door where other things are not getting done. There's maybe things that we're getting done that, that the other people around us are, are not getting done. But overall, wherever the case is, is that each and every one of us need encouragement in our lives, right? Each and every one of us need encouragement in our lives. And the best way for us to get encouragement that I've seen is to be able to encourage someone else. Whenever I am encouraging someone else in the Lord, it always is so just crazy in my life. Whenever I'm reaching out and encouraging someone else, so much encouragement comes back to me. In that very act of encouraging someone else, there is encouragement back to me. But also I find that the Lord will use other people around me to start encouraging me during those times where I'm being an encouragement to someone else. Don't assume that our people that we're even going to church with are okay. If, if Timothy and Silas would not have shown up in verse 5, um, I don't know where the Apostle Paul would have been. When we look at the Apostle Paul, when we look at this guy who did so much for the kingdom of God and we neglect to look at a Aquila and Priscilla and we fail to look at a Silas and Timothy that were around him, I think we do uh, an injustice to who the Apostle Paul was and what God did in his life because he was only who he was, not only in the Lord, number one, but the Lord brought people around him to encourage him along the way. And let me say this morning to us, we need it as well. Am I the only one here this morning, right? I need it. You need it in the Lord. And we need it from the people who are around us constantly, whether it's people that we work with or people that we go to church with, people that we live our lives with. That's who we need around us to encourage one another. Let's move on as we have looked at his friends. But as soon as this is happening, Paul is giving the gospel out to these people. Verse 6 through 8, it shows us that because of great things were happening, and Paul was getting the gospel out. There was things that came against him through these things. And verse 6 says, But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said, I am clean. Excuse me. He said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. For now on I will go to the Gentiles. Paul is there and he's giving the gospel. He is telling the people that are there, the religious crowd that said that they believed who God was. They believed of the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. In other words, this is the God who their families had worshipped for such a long time. And God had said to these Jewish people, he says, listen, I'm going to send you a person who's going to take away the sins of the world. We saw that many times through those feasts, right? As God saying, this is what I'm going to do for my people, the Jewish people. And they, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and he was that Messiah 
the Jewish people were looking for. And when Jesus came, they rejected him as a large portion. Now, Paul was one of those guys who didn't reject. He was a Jewish person that received the Lord Jesus Christ, understood who he was. It took him a while, but he did. And so now Paul has a passion to, to, to uh, go and minister to those people were, that were just like him. Jewish religious people, but that they were rejecting the Messiah. They were rejecting Jesus Christ. And so Paul went into this city. He lays out the gospel there in verse 6 to these Jews. And as the Lord's majority, they rejected Jesus Christ. And so Paul, he says, listen, it's not on my hands the blood of, of your blood on my hands because I did my part. I presented the gospel to you. I opened it up. I tried to show you and you have rejected. You have placed this blame, this rejection that you have done towards God. You have put it on your heads. It is on your life. It is not on mine. I, my hands are innocent of your blood. And that's what he tells them there in verse six. But Paul was getting the truth out to them. He was ministering to them. He was trying to show them. And he goes to the Gentiles. It says in verse seven, and he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshiped God, whose name was next door. I mean, whose house, excuse me, was next door to the synagogue. Paul sets up shop right next to the synagogue, right next to the temple. And he is there ministering in this person's house in verse 7 and says in verse 8, then Christus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household and many of the Corinthians believing, uh, hearing, believed and were baptized. And so what happens here, Paul sets up shop next door. He's ministering to those, uh, these Gentile people. He's ministering to some of the Jews that are coming next door as Paul sets up shop really next door to the church and he's ministering there and it tells us that even the leader of the synagogue I'm not sure how he kind of crept over next door to hear the gospel but he does and he is converted and the Bible tells us that the really there in the verse in verse 8 that there is a new church that has started this this uh, Corinthian church has now been established there in this home of this man named Justice in verse 8. And so many believed, it tells us. Many uh, hear the gospel. Many believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they were baptized to show that they were a different person. That the Lord had changed their life. And so we see that in verse 8. Now moving on. Moving on through this. It's, uh, they are receiving a lot of persecution. It doesn't tell us very clear just in this verse right here. But in 1 Corinthians, if you want to jot this down or turn really fast, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, it says, And for a great and effective door was opened to me. The Apostle Paul is writing to these people back in Corinth years later. Okay, And he says, And a great and effective door was opened to me. In other words, he's saying, this is what I see right now even for our church. We have started. You have come. There's been many others that come. There's a lot of people that are attached to our church. And the Lord has opened a great door and opportunity for us as Cross Point Community Church, not only for De Quincey, but for our surrounding areas. And a great door has been opened. And he says, and there are many adversaries. Paul said there was a lot of adversaries that were coming against me. There was a lot of opposition, even though that door was wide open and God was blessing, 
there was a lot of opposition. And so for us, you know what, as we're before we move on and, and see that, op- you know, continue in that opposition, how we get encouraged through that opposition to know, you know what, there's a lot of great things that are happening in our lives. I mean, we just think about it. I think about that old hymn that I grew up singing was uh, count your blessings, name them one by one. And I think a lot of times we fail to count our blessings. Right. I mean, just think about it for a second. Let's think about our, our homes, you know, whether there's been tragedy, whether there's been hardship, whether there's been uh, uh, just broken lives. We know that that uh, God has surrounded us with uh, maybe maybe a spouse, maybe some children, you know, uh, maybe just some uh, uh, close family around you. Maybe you have your mom and dad around. Like I said, I know not everybody's in that situation where we have seen hardship. Maybe, maybe you lost your parents recently. Maybe, maybe you've gotten divorced recently. Maybe, maybe something that's happened to your child recently. But God has blessed us all around us of all the things that we have. And I think we ought to at least praise God for the things that he has given to us and that we do have. God has blessed us. And you know what? These people had been blessed in the Lord because God had, they had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and now they had a relationship with God. And many times when we stop and here's a person who just trusted Christ as their savior. You with me? A person just trusted Christ as their savior and they begin to walk in the Lord and now hardship starts to come in their life. Or, you know what, you've been in a situation where you're a believer and, and just a lot of tragedy has happened in your life. And you're like, you know what, I'm ready for a new day. I'm ready to start walking forward in the Lord. And then because your mind's right and because, you know what, it's Sunday and, and I'm ready to go. And then hard times begin to start happening again. I, I know I'm recorded, so I'm going to be careful, but uh, I, I was talking with a, a friend of mine this week, and uh, sometimes he listens to the podcast, so I'm not going to share too much. But anyway, he was telling me just some of the, the tragedy that he's been, that he's experienced in his life over the, well, we've been talking through it over the last uh, few months. Uh, he lost his uh, father-in-law uh, to, to suicide, and... And he doesn't live around here, just to let you know. But anyway, he lost his father-in-law to suicide, and he's really been, and he's a minister. This guy, my friend that I'm talking to, is a is a believer, but also he's a minister, and he's been he's been really having a tough time. He's really been in a place of uh, he doesn't want to characterize it or, or or just put it in a place of of depression, but it sure is close if it's not. And uh, and so he's really been battling with it because this guy was such a dear friend to him. He hates the fact that he didn't do more to minister to him. What, how could he have done just a little bit more, reached out, realized the seriousness of it, didn't think it was to that degree. And so he's been battling with it. And if I even told you how long, you'd say it's time to maybe even get over it. But it, for him, it, it's hard for him to get over it. It's been six months. And he's just, he just feels like he can't shake it. And, and so he's having a hard time, him and his wife. They're having a hard time in this place. And as he was sharing this with me Thursday, he began to tell me in the middle of all this that him and his wife, they, they have one child right now. It's a young girl that's, I think she's about two years of age. And they had found out that they were pregnant with a, another child. And as soon as they basically found out, she also lost a child. So they had a miscarriage. And here I am supposed to be the person that he's calling for an encouragement 
And, and what do you say to a person that's saying, you know what, I'm trying to get over this tragedy. It's been six months and I know God is good and, and he's questioned everything in his life. He's questioned his calling. He's questioned salvation. He's questioned all these things. And he's like, what did I do? You know, there's something that I did. I, I want to get this right. And so he, he's, getting, he's getting brutally honest with the Lord. And so he's trying to walk. He's trying to get out of this mess. And he's doing things. I mean, he's, his prayer life has never been like it, like it has been now. And because he's just crying out and reaching out to God. And, and I want to just, I want to take that away from him as far as to have to deal with another tragedy in his life while he's, in the middle of, already in the middle of a tragedy. And so he, here he is trying to get through this one issue in his life and another one hits him right in the face or right in the gut and, and just hurts him even more. And he's still praising God, yes, but he's, he is human, right? We're human. And when we try to take those early steps whether it's a brand new walk with the Lord or maybe it's something new that has happened that you're trying for a new day in your life, that something right like that will just kind of punch you in the gut. In verse 9 and verse 10, it tells us that Paul, yes, things were happening, but Paul must have been discouraged. He, he must have been, you know what, here I am, I'm, I'm winning people, as I, you know, that phrase, winning people, but he's talking to people out of his concern for them, for, for them to see and experience Christ, and they're coming, and they're being, they're being converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, and many, the Bible tells us in that verse 8, had believed, many had believed. He knows with this, as 1 Corinthians 16, 9 tells us, great persecution started to happen on him. The religious leaders, the people of that day were coming. Now we're really going to come after him even more. And so Paul, the mighty apostle Paul, this great man of God, it says in verse 9, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. And he tells him, do not be afraid. So God is speaking to him in this vision and he is telling him, and if you have a Bible, a red letter Bible like I have, uh, that is the words of Christ. Christ is telling him in this, in this vision at night, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. God is telling him to continue speaking. Please don't back up. Don't go. Don't keep your mouth shut. Keep doing what you're doing and more so keep on speaking the truth. Verse 10 says, for I am with you. Now, listen, it's one thing to say that I'm going to be with you through these things. For my friend, uh, I want to be with him. You know, if you really care for someone, you want to take that from them if you could. But you want to be right there with them. You don't want these hardships to come their way. But what I could pray for him the most or how I could really be a help to him is for him to understand is that God is with him. And so as we're walking through life and we're having difficult days and we're having difficult times, may we understand and may we cry out to God and ask God, God, you be with me. God, you help me through these things. 
And so when there's difficult days, not only in my life and my family's life and the people around me and even our church that we've gone through some transition. And I just and the Lord has just it was so fitting that we're back at these verses this morning because the Lord was just showing me this week. It's not time to give up. It's not time to go backwards. It's not time to quit. It's time to keep moving forward because the Lord still has people that are needing to be reached. And that's what he was telling the Apostle Paul in verse 10. He says, I am with you. And he says, no one will attack you to hurt you. And people will continue to attack him. Let's be clear about that. People will continue to, be, to attack him, but God had a promise to him that they would not be able to really harm him. They'd not be able to take his life. It wasn't in their hands. His life was not in their hands. It doesn't matter if they arrest him, and you will see that later on through these next, next chapters. You will see that they are going to arrest him, that they're going to put him in these different places, and that they're going to threaten him with his life. And when those hardships come and you have the promises of God in your life that God's telling us that they will not harm you, they really can't do anything to you because you're not theirs, because you're God's, you're in God's possession, then you can rest in that. You can know that, you know what, I'm going to do what God wants me to do and I'm going to have his attitude, I'm going to have his direction through all of these things and God's going to be the one to see me through it and that's what God is re uh, reassuring to the Apostle Paul, he says, I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. And I love this. He gives him a promise in that last verse, uh, last part of verse 10. He says, for I have many people. I have many people in this city. He says, I have many people in this city. Now, look, I believe just to be very clear, I believe that God knows the end from the beginning. OK, I believe God knows the end. From the beginning, in creation, God knew who, who was going to accept him or reject him only because he knows the end. I don't believe God already just put it into place that only certain people can receive Christ and people uh, that cannot receive Christ. I hope I'm not speaking too, uh, too fast on all those things. But listen, God does know the end from the beginning. He knows the people that are going to reject him. But guess what? We're human. We don't know. We don't know. And so that's why for me, it doesn't matter where you stand on this issue as far as does God, I mean, not does God know, but, you know, uh, is there a group of people that's already been picked out or, is, or, or, or what is it? The thing is, we don't know. And so it's important for us to get the gospel out, to reach people, to minister to people, to everyone that we come in contact with, to get the gospel to them, to encourage them in the Lord. But the Lord knows what's going on. And so Paul is there. He's ministered to these people. People have come forward. And then there's persecution. And God is telling him, don't back up because guess what? I have many more in this city that are mine. People that are going to come to Christ in the Lord. So Paul, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. I am with you. As even when persecution comes your way and things just really come at you, you see this continually in the life of the, the book of Acts, when there's persecution that was coming against the church, God was just blessing the church more and more, even through those persecution. And so for us, I was joking with someone this week that people don't even know we exist right now because of everything that's going on with the mayor race. Okay, 
It's a little humor for our De Quincey, our De Quincey people. And, uh, and, I'm, and, you know, because even at the beginning, we had a lot of things. Oh, a new church in De Quincey and all of these different, all of these just different talks. And, and, uh, and I want to take that from our people in our church and just being like, you know what? I hate that they hear these negative comments and these negative things about our church. And through all of those negativity things, all those through those negative things, God was continuing to bless bless our church by bringing people and bringing people through all of that just ungodly conversation and ungodly talk. And many times we, I'm talking about me and the rest of us behind the scenes can get discouraged and being like, you know what? I hate that this is being said, or I hate that this is being said. If we would just really see and understand what's really happening, even through those persecuting times, as that's our biggest persecution that we have. But when, when the persecution comes our way, God is blessing through that time of persecution. And so for us, so for my friend and for you this morning and for me, when we're going through hard times in our life, understand that God is up to something bigger. God knows what's happening in our lives. God knows what he's trying to mold and shape in our lives. And he doesn't just see us for where we're at right now. All Paul can see is is what was happening uh, there when uh, he says that in verse 8, that there was many that were believing in Christ and to think that, you know what, well, maybe my time here is done. But in verses nine and verse 10, God is reassuring him, stay, continue, keep preaching. Don't stop what you're doing, because there's many more that are in this city that that are going to come to Christ. And for me, the Lord has just been teaching me so much through these verses this week of how we are not we haven't even scratched the surface of our De Quincey and our surrounding areas as far as how we could be a, a, a great uh, asset to them. How God is really wanting to bring so many more people that we can minister to. Not only directly through our church, now I want you to listen to this, not only directly through our church, but indirectly. And, and meaning, you know what, there's going to be people, I want our church to just be about the kingdom, be about Jesus Christ personally. And that means if we have to go uh, and we talk to someone uh, about the Lord and they said, yes, that, you know, that sounds good. And we're encouraging them in the Lord. But they go to another church. Great. Amen. Let's bring them to that church on Sunday morning if we need to and then make our way back over here. Let's invest in people no matter if it really benefits us or not. And, and that's who we need to be about. We need to be about the kingdom, not about building just Cross Point Community Church. The Lord will take care of us. The Lord will take care of us. He will bless us uh, just being faithful to him. It doesn't mean if it, it, even if it does, we don't see the, the dollar signs or we don't see the people behind it, more importantly, the dollar signs. Even if we don't see the people, maybe we just minister to people because God is calling us to minister to those people. In verse 11, just kind of finishing up this morning, and it says, and he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And so Paul just stayed there a year and six months. If you know anything about Paul's missionary journeys, to stay in that one spot for that long was a big deal. You understand? He wasn't the pastor. He didn't want to, he wasn't called to be the pastor of Corinth. Okay? That's not what his calling was. The Bible tells us of there's, there's, there's pastors, there's evangelists, there's all these different people. An evangelist is a person that God just uses in a mighty way to get the gospel out to people. 
But his ministry is not necessarily there at one spot for a very long time. And so that's what Paul's journey was as an evangelist and as a missionary. His job was to go out there, do that work, and to move on. And so as we see Paul, for him to stay at one spot for a year and a half was a big deal. Was a, a, a really big deal. So for Paul to come in this city and see many come to Christ and know the Lord Jesus Christ and then to stay for an additional year and a half, I could just imagine what that number was that the Lord said in verse 10. He says, for I have many people in this city. For Paul to have to stay a year and a half to see all of those many people come to Christ, and I think it must have been a, a great number. Now, I want us to understand, I didn't do a large background of this, but I want for us to understand this city, Corinth. Corinth was a city that was very wicked and very ungodly. And it was one of the uh, one of two of, of these main cities that was in this region that we're talking about. The other one is we'll see next week, Ephesus. And, and it wouldn't be a place that you would say, you know what, that place is a, a place to go that is just a good place to start a church. Because, yes, there was hundreds of thousands of people in that city, but that city was not open to the gospel. And so for Paul to go and start a work in that city and see this great work come about, believe me, he was discouraged, he was persecuted, but he had God's promises on him to stay there and God was going to see to it that people came to Christ. And so for us, I'm telling you, uh, when we were at Northside, there's a, I don't want to get too much into church talk, but there's a, there's a guy in Lake Charles that kind of helps the surrounding churches if you're part of a Southern Baptist church. And Northside is part of a Southern Baptist church. And so North, uh, uh, that guy is called the Director of Missions for Lake Charles area. And uh, we talked with him uh, one afternoon, and, and, he, and he's over this, like I said, over this area, pretty much Calcasieu Parish and some of the parishes to the east. And uh, he said, we have zero plans of starting a church in the Quincy. He said, also he said uh, to us that he said, uh, the fact that y'all are reaching people into Quincy the way you are is, uh, he goes, my hat goes you know, my hat goes off to you, he said, because uh, it, it's hard to do those things in Lake Charles. It's hard to do those things in cities that are a lot bigger than, than De Quincey. And so he had a lot of nice things to say about, about us and about what God was doing. But he also had a really hard dose of reality for us to say, you know what? Good luck doing what you're doing. And you know what? We are crazy. And the only reason that keeps us sane is in the Lord. Because I really believe, not only for you and for me being found here this morning, but I believe the Lord is telling us through verse 10, there's many people in this city. There's many people in this city. And you for a second, and I'm going to get personal on the church level, and then I'm going to get personal for you, and then we'll be done. But you think about it this morning, of how many people how many people around you, not only do you need encouragement in the Lord and encouragement uh, with another group of believers as we have gathered this morning, but how many people around you need that, those same kind of encouraging things in their life? 
How many people around you are walking in this life kind of by themselves? Maybe they even have a lot of friends around them, but they're still walking by themselves. And that they need to be encouraged and talked to and ministered to and loved on so that they could be not only brought into, like I said, Cross Point Community Church, but to be brought in to know that God loves them and God cares for them. I think we could all name a lot of people that's in our circles. I think that's what you see in the first part of this chapter is Paul's dealing with people that was in his circle and even people that were outside of his circle. But he started with the people, I believe, that were close to him. I believe that's why God has us at the at the places that he has us when we're there Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, and even Sunday sometimes working or the people that are in our family that we would minister to them first. And I pray that we would do that as a church, as, as, as people. That's what we want to do even as leadership of Cross Point to be able for, uh, for you to be able to minister to your friends. Jake and I, if we were to compare right now of how many, how many people we were, and it doesn't stop us from doing our part as well, but if I had to say how many people that I have invited to come to this church versus even some of the people that I made fun of this morning, I made fun of Carrie and Jeremy, so because I made fun of them, I also, glor- also praise them just a little bit. They are one of many people that didn't show up this morning. No, I'm just joking. They, they are one family that has invited so much more people than I have invited to be a part of this church. And I want to do my job to invite as well, but I also want to do my part as a leader to encourage you to reach out to these kind of people as a, Jer- as a Jeremy and Carrie have, as other people have. If we took role this morning and said, how did you get here? I guarantee it's because of someone else that was part of that initial group that began to reach out to you and thank the Lord for that. Now, God had a plan for them. God had all these promises for the Apostle Paul in verse 10. And Paul continued there and the word of God was really displayed through all of that. And it was, and it was a great thing. If you read through the book of Corinthians, you will find that there was, they were still a messed up church. They were a messed up group of people. And Paul dealt with those things later on in the books of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But God also has some promises for us. Thank the Lord he doesn't see me when he was dealing with me 10 years ago in the mess that I was in. That he didn't just talk to me just in that situation. And gave me promises for where I would be today. And he's talked to me and given me promises of where I'll be tomorrow. And God knows he's not done with me. I got a long way to go, but I sure hope I'm better today than I was 10 years ago. I hope I'm better in 10 years from now. When I say better, it's not just in works, but it's in my, in where I am and where I'm at in the Lord and how he's speaking to me and how he's communicating to me, but also how I'm listening and how I'm responding to those things that he's communicating to me. But in the mess that I'm in and the things that are happening around me, I go back to my friend. He's in a dark time. He's in a dark day. And on one hand, I tell him to listen to God. Continue to be in that place that you're just crying out to God in full desperation to God. 
But also, I see so many promises in him. As a minister, he's, his clear presentation of God's word is, a, I feel like, a hundred times better than how I communicate God's word. And he's probably 10 years younger than me. I see just nothing but potential and blessings from him. And I see that God has through him. I see how once God continues to show him how whenever he sits down and ministers with someone who's going through a difficult time, that he won't be able to give them just the church talk. Everything's going to just be okay tomorrow. But he'll actually be able to sit down with that person and maybe even weep with that person and to have a little bit of compassion and understanding of what that person is going through. So that he could really genuinely help him through that situation. Paul says that in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says the things that we go through is going to be in, in our benefit to help other people out later. And so as we are going through maybe a mess today, God has so many promise for, promises for us in his word that he's going to see us through those difficult times, help us through those difficult times so that we can be a blessing and encouragement to other people. So I encourage you this morning as the title of our message, don't give up. Don't give up of what God has for you as a person. Don't give up to the, your family situation that is happening around you right now. Don't give up on the people that are just not, you're not seeing these things happen in their life, maybe for the Lord or just other situations that are happening. You're trying to be a friend to them. Don't give up on them. And don't give up on what God is doing for us uh, in and through our church to be this beacon, to be this light to our community. We need it and our community needs it now more than ever. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. Thank you for uh, just giving us promises through your word. Lord, I know I failed this morning to even, I, I could have wrote down 10, 20 verses of just uh, of things that you have shown us through your word of your promises to us as believers. Lord God, that if we call upon you, and that you will hear us. That in our dark days, Lord God, when we feel like there is nothing else that could really be a help and encouragement to us, Lord God, you're there. You're, you're a person that sticks closer than our own brother. And Lord God, you are that kind of friend, that kind of love to us. And I pray, Lord God, we would rest in that love. I pray that we would seek that love. I pray that we would just call out to you to just be that person to us. Lord, even when no one else is around, Lord God, we could cry out to you and you hear our prayer. You hear our call. And I pray, Lord God, you would just be so faithful in this area. Not only to myself, Lord God, I ask, but also for our church family. That we would see the victory, Lord God, to know that we're not defeated people in you, Lord God, but that we are a, we are a victorious group of people, Lord God, that are found in you because we're seeking you. And even through dark times and hard hardships, Lord God, that you are seeing us through it. And I pray, Lord God, for maybe someone this morning, Lord God, is just in a dark place that has never experienced you as far as a relationship with you and as far as salvation. Lord, I pray that you would just see them where they're at. That in their simplicity of heart, Lord God, just to call out to you and, and ask you to save them. To, meaning, God, I know I can't line up
up to you at all. But I know that you died on the cross for my, my sins, that you've taken all those sins away if I would just accept you and your sacrifice for me. That you love me, you care for me, and that you want to lead me and guide me for the rest of my life. And if, and if you would this morning just want to cry out to God and ask Him to, to be the Lord of your life, I pray you would do that in this moment. Say, I need a change. I know who I am won't measure up to God. God, I need you in my life. Because of the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that was shed for me, I call out to you for salvation. For a different, for a changed life. The Bible says if you call upon him that he'll come unto you, that you'll be saved, you'll be a different person. I pray for many in this room, Lord God, that do not know you, that they would call out to you in this time. I pray that they would have an opportunity to share that with me or for, with someone this morning, Lord God, to just let them know that they desire, they want this change, that they've called out to you this morning for salvation. And I pray even though times will be difficult along the way, even after salvation, but that will have you. You will be with us, that you'll walk through these dark times, these hard times, these, these things just in life to walk alongside us and go with us through. Again, Lord God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm asking you to stand. I'm asking for, for Matt and Trace to lead us this morning in this time of response. I'm going to be over here to, to my right, to our left. If you would like to pray with me, talk to me about anything. I love to just sit down and just, just answer maybe any questions that you have or maybe take some time and pray with you this morning. Just want to know that I'm available if you would like to do that this morning. Let's sing.